Hello. You're listening to the First Issue Club. We are your weekly comic book podcast. We're just like Sue Storm. We love a good read. Uh, it's Thursday. You're going to be hearing this probably Friday. Uh-huh. After that comes Saturday. And then a whole other week is going to start, and we're going to do it all again. Old Faithful, First Issue Club, the comic book podcast. Oh, well, there needs to be an asterisk there, because next week is Thanksgiving. Oh, that's right. What are we going to hear Thanksgiving week? Thanksgiving week, you will be treated to Andy and I interviewing Ed Brubaker. Yay! The whole episode is us going... Uh, Ed, you remember when you you're were amazing. Captain America? You're amazing. You're amazing. I was really cool. Uh, you remember when you were at Iron Fist? That was that was really cool. Yeah. So it, that'll be an hour long episode of us talking to him about his new book coming out uh, with Sean Phillips, uh, AI, Marvel, like he Hollywood. He we didn't think we we're gonna get him for that long, and he just kept talking, and so we just kept recording, and it was fantastic, and we can't wait for you guys to hear it. So next week for Thanksgiving, while you're eating pumpkin pie and turkey, you can also listen to us talking to Ed Brubaker because we're thankful for you, listener. Oh, mm-hmm. what a nice sentiment. Yeah. Um, but this week, like any other week, had its own events. And buzzworthy topics to talk about. Yep. A lot of video and media content coming our way from the comic uh, companies that own the comic companies that own the comic companies. <laughs> Tasty th- trailers. Yeah. I think it was like every like every CEO was just waiting for the writers and actors strikes to be like kind of yeah. figured out and fleshed out. And they're just like, release the trailers. Yeah. Like, <laughs> now. Give uh, content. Make as much content as you possibly can. Well, because they would... They're not legally allowed to promote any of those things. Right. That's why uh, San Diego Comic-Con was so lackluster with their uh, media news. Yep. Um, I mean, the big one, I think the big one, was Madam Web, right? Did any of us actually think that movie was going to come out? (laughs) I forgot. Honestly. I honestly forgot about it, too, to be... Yeah. Uh, I liked the trailer. Yes. Uh, The discourse online was, you know... Same as it always was. Yeah. People being fucking uh, assholes. A resounding, then, huh. And then other people being excited for it and almost nobody in between. Um, so, but yeah, I. it's not, I don't think it's what I expected. I didn't necessarily know the uh, know about the cast of it. Dakota Johnson mm-hmm. isn't an old lady. I was expecting, <laughs> I was expecting Madam Webb to be an old lady. Yeah. Um, I saw some people who were pissed about that, and I was like, if that makes you mad. Yeah. Give Why me... are you even liking comic book yeah, movies? Give me a break. <laughs> Not age appropriate. But yeah, they did a quick flash of a handful of like different Spider Men, Spider Women, Spider Persona. And I'm, I think it looks like a really fun movie. I, the, based on the trailer, my hope for this film is that it's a sci-fi bent like d- thriller mm-hmm. like a, a 12 monkeys or something but yep i i don't know i can't think of anything to equate it to but it looks like dakota is going to have to save these future spider women from some kind of time traveling bad spider man well yeah so it it's it's you're right with it's going to have the audience kind of 
jump off the cliff with the movie because yeah. it, it deals with the time web or the 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 in the spider totem and all that. So mm-hmm. it's gonna take a lot of just like just trust us here with the movie, and it's gonna be a it's not your straightforward bit by a spider. Now I can throw um, Macho Man Randy Savage out of a ring, right? Kind of thing. Yeah, we're gonna find a lot of characters who are like mid their journey, mm-hmm. and a character. I'm assuming a character like Karn is going to be coming after everybody. Yes. Yeah. I get, that character, I guess, is the person who taught Spider-Man about the Spider Totem. Okay. So I don't know if that's Karn. I'm not. I'm not the webhead of the group, so I don't know if that is who that character is. But who taught Spider-Man about the Spider Totem. I don't know. Yeah. Oh. He in in the picture I saw he has like a bunch of gray hair mm-hmm. and a beard that's gray as well. So I don't know. How about that? Yeah. I don't know. Is it, does that ring any bells for you? Is that really <laughs> no. kind of pinging your Spider Man <laughs> sense of uh, not really? Oh, oh, gray beard. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, definitely something from Spider Verse, I would think. Mm-hmm. Um. In any case, I'm excited about it. I think looking at the, what that can do for Sony's universe of movies, mm-hmm. I think I think this is a great way to like start introducing more characters and, and doing more things if they want to expand that out a little bit. Um, I do think that a movie like this that maybe could have come before something like Venom or Morbius might have set those movies up a little better for yeah for sure. success because everyone's like, where's Spider-Man? Mm-hmm. And how are these related to the thing that I know and like? And at least in that scenario, you could have said, oh, well, we're in a different universe now, and then eventually we're going to bring all the universes together and Spider-Man will get all of his classic villains all at once, which could have been a fun way to do like a Sinister Six sort of thing. Yep. Um, but... Yeah, I don't know. I also like I I think the rights weren't uh worked out the right way initially for Sony to do all that stuff with all the spider people. Well, I don't, I don't think they even had the foresight to do that. Yeah. There's just like what's the big name we can do? Mm-hmm. Venom. It's not going to be Madam Web. Yeah. <laughs> like they're like Venom, who's next? Madam Web? No, Mobius. Morbius. Mobius. <laughs> Yeah, the fact that Madam Web was even in on the list, period. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think they were just like everyone else is doing the multiversal stuff. Let's yeah. do let's do some of it ourselves too. Uh, uh, I'm, it's a little tiring, I think, how much multiversal travel we're doing already in all the movies. I think yeah. that season's over. <laughs> My brother asked me if I think this is going to tie into Spider Verse, mm-hmm. and I a hundred percent right, like. They've already had live action like Prowler in, yeah. in mm-hmm. you know, and they had Spot show up in the Venom live action universe. So like this is just going to be another tie mm-hmm. in to the Sony Spider universe. Right. Yeah. Which is like fine. Sure. But treat it like, you know, a ghost pepper seasoning sauce. Like yeah. a little bit will do <laughs> you. Like you don't way. you don't need to pour half the canister in there. Just like just little hints of it here and there will really make it uh, a tasty treat. 
It would be cool if they if you got Miles in the Sony movies, and then mm-hmm. for sure, they, and then they cross let him do his own thing over there for a while, and then crossed him over eventually. I don't think Marvel will let that happen. Yeah, probably not. Yeah, Marvel doesn't. On, Sony doesn't have the rights to Miles on Walt Disney's grave. They will let that happen. Like, there's no fucking way that Miles makes his premiere in a Sony movie than than uh, MCU live action anyway. Yeah, there's no way. We've got a handful of movies that have been postponed, namely all of them. All of them, right? S- I think except Deadpool. <clears throat> yes. This news started coming out after Captain Marvel had a weak opening box office, which was disappointing for me i really liked the movie it's getting good reviews and good critical reviews so i I think a couple things happen i think people the one one a lot of people are sourcing just like superhero burnout yes two people are saying that the mcu is a little too convoluted and complicated now yes um None of the stars were able to do press for the movie. Yes, <laughs> it, so, it was advertised extremely poorly. It was. It board. wasn't advertised. I'll well. be interested to see what how the movie performs Thanksgiving. You know what I mean? Like Thanksgiving's a time when people usually go to the movies yeah. a mm-hmm. lot anyway because you're out of school, off work, you don't have much to do. You know, after you eat turkey, so you're like, well, let's go see a movie as a family. I think Marvels may see a significant bump. From yeah. that. It would be nice to see if they put out some more trailers for it now. Like audiences love the Marvels. Yeah. And then have Mike D going, I love the Marvels. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the Mike D blurbs like, and I thought it was good. <laughs> Mike D, first issue first club. Issue club. I'm kind of wondering if movies period aren't gonna bring in what they used to for a little bit. I I'll, I'll say I loved the movie. I hated my movie going experience. Like going to theaters just gets worse and worse and worse for me as I get older. Well, I think Barbenheimer does not support your theory, right? Because that would like broke every record mm-hmm. across the board. Yeah, but, but that but that was something new. Yeah, you know, like with what what Mike said was like it, it, we're just kind of tired of the like oh, okay, it's like the yearly. Marvel mm-hmm. movie. Let's yeah. go see. Oh, I, this looks fine. I guess we'll go see it. There hasn't been like a bombastic hit you over the head with like a, a a fanatic thing of like a Marvel movie. And I think Deadpool's supposed to be that. I think Deadpool honestly is going to be the linchpin that just kind of cleans everything up. Honestly, the time is right for Andy's Tremors reboot. Yes, <laughs> I, I'm surprised that hasn't happened yet. To be honest. I could write the shit out of a yeah. new Tremors movie. There's a lot more kissing and a lot more yes. ass blasters. Kevin Bacon kisses every worm. No, the worms just kiss each other. And then Kevin Bacon. Worm on worm action. Oh, this is what we've been waiting for. This ain't your daddy's Dune. Oh, God. Dune Tremors crossover. Ooh. Ah. Mixed with a little bit of Beetlejuice. I never understood why Beetlejuice had Dune sandworms in it. It was the dimension that he's in. He lives in a dimension wherein there are... Yeah, you have, like, reality. Uh, black and white striped mm-hmm. dune sandworms. That's, I think that was, like, what, their version of, like, Limbo or something? Yeah. Like, it's, like, the, the dead zone of yeah. when you pass. All right. So, it's something cool. Yeah. I actually watched... This is so strange. I watched something on YouTube today. It was, like, called the uh, Dune Worm Paradox Theory, and it's just, like... 
they're describing like how these worms could never be this big. It's like, well, no fucking shit. It's science fiction, dummies. <laughs> and it's like someone took the time to make this thirty minute video saying that these worms could never exist. And it's just like, you know, go touch some grass. Like you break the size of the worms never bothered me because whales exist. Mm-hmm. What bothered me is that canonically the worms eat their own young. Yes, that is their uh, uh, their only food source mm-hmm. is baby sandworms. Yeah. And the ones who live get big. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Well, they also theorize that there's like sand krill. Yeah, the on sand the krill are the baby worms. Yes, yes, but there's kajillions of them. They're yeah. like plankton, so. But are these worms just constantly spewing out their own young and then eating them? Where do you, that's mm-hmm. not Hamsters do it all the time. <laughs> and that's why we have bigger hamsters why... and smaller hamsters. <laughs> It's the circle of life. You're lucky that humans don't do it. Or do we? Mm. You. Um, movies that are not happening anymore. One, I know the Bad Bunny, El oh, Muerte yeah. movie is just like straight up not happening now. not happening. So that movie's done, so It's either not happening or he's left the project. Yeah, one it of those things. One, he left the project, so it is not happening. This was dead or in the water. Versa. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Then we had. I know there's a Captain America movie, right? That New is World apparently Order. and apparently going through extensive reshoots. If you believe the really? rumor, okay, mill. yeah. Um, Black and Silver is not happening, right? That was canceled long ago. Yeah, though. that was a Black Cat and Silver Sable movie, mm-hmm. which is wild to me that neither of those characters have showed up in live action that I'm aware of. When I heard that that was on the table, I thought that was such a cool idea. Yeah. Yeah, it's a heist movie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Two female-led comic book heist movie. Like, yeah. sign me up. Put them in those skin-tight suits. If Ocean's 8 can do it. Dude, for real. <laughs> like, good fuck. Yeah. What else? What else isn't happening, Mike? I don't have a phone on hand. Oh. I use my phone to record our stuff, so yeah, I don't no, have those pulled I, up. But there I, were there were three um, Disney Marvel movies coming out next year that are all no longer coming out. Um, but they just got pushed, right? They got pushed into twenty twenty four, twenty twenty five. Blade, <laughs> Blade's having some problems. Blade's though. having some issues, and I think. Uh, I think we. I started this and I lost track of the thread here. That the week Marvel's box office kind of instilled in them that like, yeah, we are pushing a little too much content out there all the time, mm-hmm. and people aren't like excited for new stuff anymore because there's always a streaming show, there's always a movie right around the corner, and yep. and you feel like if you missed a couple of them, then you're um completely lost which i don't i don't know how true that is i think at the end of the day they're all just like goofball action movies and if you've been following the stuff it's just like a little bonus that you understand like oh that's they're related through this and those people have this dynamic and mm-hmm. eh. that's how they're supposed my, to be my wife had a lot of fun watching the Marvels, and she hasn't watched any of the shows. Yeah, she saw the first Captain Marvel movie. That's about it. I uh, I I had this set up for the Patreon <clears throat> that we're not going to do. It's uh, it was a what the spec segment that we do, uh-huh. and one of them was uh, do you know what comic book Mephisto first showed up in? 
It's an Avengers issue, right? No. Oh, it's not? It's a, it's a Silver Surfer issue. No shit. Like Silver Surfer 8 or something. And the reason that that book is popping off is allegedly they're filming a Mephisto Halloween special the same time that they're filming an Agatha, the Agatha TV show. Oh, okay. So, uh, you know. Sasha Baron Cohen's supposed to be Mephesto. I don't know how true that is, but... That's perfect casting. So I think either next year or whatever, sometime around Halloween, we could see a, a Mephesto Halloween special, which sounds hilarious. Yeah. And it's 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 funny that it happened too late for the joke to really land. Yeah. <laughs> because that was the big joke in WandaVision. It's like everything was going to be Mephesto. Oh, it's Mephesto. It's got to be Mephesto. Uh, and that show came out, what? Three years, four hundred years ago. It feels like it was, yeah, forever ago. So that's interesting to me. All right, that's fun. I did love Werewolf by Night, and the recolored one was gorgeous. I, I I honestly didn't think the coloring it would add much, but it did. It was cool. I'm still. I'm glad they did it in black and white. Yes. And then when I heard the color thing, I was kind of like, oh, it's got like as a you know, purest of what the intention was. I was like, I was kind of like, I ah, leave it black and white, but seeing it in color was really cool. Yeah, they did, gl- they did a great job coloring it. I'm glad the options are there. Yeah, you can watch both. Yeah, it was fun. Uh, I get a kick out of doing that stuff. Like when they when they did that release for uh, Mad Max Fury Road. Yeah, they did a black and white. I've oh, never watched yeah. the black and white. Cut it's of it's good. so killer. So good. Yeah, yeah. so good. Because they they really really saturated the black and white. Uh-huh. So there's a ton of contrast. Yeah, it's really good. We I'm watched still that at my I, apartment complex. Mm-hmm. Yes, we did. I'm still waiting for those sequels to come out. Furiosa uh, got delayed from the strike, but. That's supposed to be coming out soon. Prequel, right? Yeah. Yeah. With uh, Anna Taylor Joy. No Fury kidding. Yep. Uh-huh. Oh. And uh, uh, sorry, who directed those? It's George uh, Miller of so, Happy Feet fame. So, so George Miller said that he actually has sequels mapped out for each zone that they went through in Mad Max Fury Road. Dope. So, like, give me all those yeah. movies. And like. For me, the best zone was like the people on the stilts walking on all yeah. fours in like the foggy area. That was my favorite part. But I want all that shit for sure because um, I do love a good car story. <laughs> all right, right. On. That wasn't a joke. I just love yeah car stuff. You'll be pleased with what if season two then? Oh, the donkey, oh, the, the like Mario, Mario Kart Mario episode. Kart, yeah. I think that looks sick as hell. Yeah. Have you seen the trailer for that no, yet? Uh-uh. Okay. Maybe we'll do a Patreon where we react to that. But one of the scenes in the new season of What If is them just doing a Mario Kart version of all the Marvel characters. Oh, that's funny. And uh, yeah. It looks awesome. Yeah. I'm super pumped for that. Very, very pumped. Should we move into comic books? Yeah. Just a couple announcements. Uh, we are tentatively going to be at C2E2 2024 this year uh, uh, uh. in April. Okay. Uh, more to follow with that. Okay. Uh, I mentioned the Patreon earlier. If you want to check us out on Patreon, we have weekly episodes and videos over there. Patreon.com slash First Issue Club. Uh, while I'm at it, social medias, you have them. We got them. Anywhere that you have a social media platform, we're on there as well. So go give us a follow. Uh, and also, we have a website, FirstIssueClub.com. Now we can get in the first issues. How about it? You guys are looking at me, so I guess I'll go first. I think you're you're up yeah. to bat. Because my the, stack is the biggest. You got the thick stack. Um, so this is 
uh, a book that I I think I've talked about before on on the show, but mm-hmm. um, a new series of Alien started. Declan Shalvey is still writing. This is a direct sequel to his um, both the last volume of Alien and the annual that he did. Um, it's classic Alien stuff. They land on a planet where there's a derelict ship, and surprise, surprise. There's there, some aliens. There be aliens. Um, it is cool though because they're they're expanding the mythos a little bit. They're diving into some of the extended alien universe stuff where there are where they alter- have wings. They are alternate species of aliens. Fuck yeah, so that's what I want. The aliens landed on this planet and infected the the local fauna, and now mm. there are like these ice aliens. What's the shiny rate on the aliens? <laughs> It's still unfortunately one in four thousand eight hundred whatever, but um, it's fun stuff. I mean, I don't know that I would say everybody needs to go out and buy this book, but if you're an alien fan, mm. it's kind of a no brainer. I'm desperately hoping Marvel does a collected hardcover of all their alien stuff. The, well, they've already have. They've done. The, the, oh, they have. They've collected the Dark Horse stuff okay. already. I mean, like the new the new stuff with Declan. oh, like a big omnibus. Yeah. I'm sure they will. I think that would read just amazingly well yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, because the first couple, the first couple volumes uh, with the Philip Kennedy Johnson stuff mm-hmm. uh, was kind of one or two big stories kind of put together, and then it seems like Declan Chalvey's kind of doing the same thing with his uh, three volumes or two volumes or whatever. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm sure that they will do that at some point. Nice, but. Alien continues to be a really fun read for yeah. alien horror fans. Um, the Deviant. Yeah, we can talk about the Deviant. I know Greg read this. You yep. didn't read this. No, right? uh-uh. um, this is James Tunyon and Josh Hickson uh, out on Image. It's a Christmas horror story about a killer Santa Claus and mm-hmm. a guy coming to terms with his sexuality. Mm-hmm. So. It checks all of the James Tunyon boxes. It <laughs> it unnerved me to a satisfying degree yeah. reading this book. It is uh, set in two time frames in the seventies and in today. Uh, the uh, the lead character who's like investigating this deviant is a comic book writer, an illustrator who's like trying to gain inframe information about these killings and the serial killer to like write a comic book about it. And there's a moment in this book where the the supposed serial killer is just like, oh, so you write like superhero comics. And he's like, no, I don't do that anymore. Yeah. And I was like, James Tunyon must have been waiting a long time just to write that line of just like, no, I don't do those anymore. Stop like, asking me about Batman. Yeah, I don't do Batman stuff anymore. <laughs> um, but it's just it's a very poignant story that like it, you, you think it's going to be just like all blood and guts and like killing. But like there's this like. The uh, middle section where like he this main character is kind of going through his like budding sexuality and like finding out through this serial killer that gay people existed as a kid yeah and like that's the first time you found out that like a boy could like a boy but it was like tarnished by the person was a serial killer so he has like a really conflicted identity of in like a, a sexual identity because he's just like well, if I'm if I'm gay, does that mean like I'm also a, a serial killer? There's something yeah. wrong with me, like I'm a killer. Yeah. And he's like talking to this uh, supposed serial killer, um, 
and like serial killers just like man you're really kind of soft but like i like that because like now men can be soft in the world I'll, he's like i've been in here for 50 years like it's nice that you that males can be soft now instead of just having to like deny everything yeah masculinity is not so rigid anymore right and it's like such an odd book in in the most fantastic way possible and it's like very atmospheric and like there's the moments when they're in the prison talking to one another feel claustrophobic when they're talking mm-hmm. which is brilliant and and how they they illustrated that but uh it, the best christmas story i've read in a while the deviant yeah it's it, i mean again it checks all the james tunyon boxes if any of this strikes your interest for sure pick it up mm-hmm. um i think that this is what what unnerved me about it the most is that the present day stuff is set one month from now <laughs> and that like for some reason that really creeped me out sure that it's like it's like what do you know james it's november and it's set in december of 2023 mm-hmm. uh so i don't yeah i don't know this this book's gonna be awesome i'm assuming that this is gonna be a limited it is a limited yeah for sure um Issue one is a big thick boy. It's yep. uh, six bucks, but, but you get your money's worth. You do get your money's a worth. A brilliant cover, yeah. a, a nominee for my cover of the year. Yeah, this A cover for those of you watching the video. Yeah, which we need to start thinking about that, boys. Best of the year. Yeah. For uh, January, <laughs> it's coming quick. For sure, we'll we'll come up with some stuff. So, yeah, yeah. great great book. Um, James doesn't miss. No, I've I've yet to read a book where he's just full on missed. Yeah. Gosh, I'm trying to think of something where I was like, I mean, something that's killing the children's okay. It's fine. <laughs> we'll see what kind of cultural impact it has. Yeah, uh, I'm having a hard time coming up with anything of his that I'm like, I was anything but like Gaga over it. Yeah, because he doesn't miss. I, I thought the closet was awesome. Closet ripped. I loved Wind. What was the one he just did with about the kid with superpowers and like the pigeon? Like the the oh, pedestrian life of he, Christopher Chaos. Christopher yes. Chaos. He's like plotting that though. He's not actually like writing yeah, it page okay. to yeah. page. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, still good. It's got legs, but yeah. Uh, next book I read was Ministry of Compliance. This is another big old thick boy at six bucks. But this is uh, John Ridley. It's out on IEDW, and much like Boom last year, I think I might put IDW at my. Publisher Some, of the year. A lot of my favorite first issues this year have been IDW. It's, it's didn't weird. They, they declare bankruptcy? No. No, no, no. Okay. I don't think so. Okay. Um, we, You might be thinking of uh, Aftershock? Aftershock yeah. definitely did. Yeah. I thought IDW was in trouble. But IDW's... They sold under, off a bunch of their licensing stuff. Well, they made it all back with... Beneath the trees. Beneath the trees. <laughs> yeah. So, Whole buddy. Anyway, uh, Ministry of Compliance. It's John Ridley. So if you know anything about John Ridley, it's straight up insane sci-fi. Um, I'll call this an alien invasion samurai sci-fi thriller. Right? Um, it's the, an interesting sandwich. Yeah. The So the elevator pitch kind of is that there's these aliens on Earth, part of like... Uh, like a galactic empire, but nobody on earth knows that they exist. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, they are the ones that have been sowing the like political economic discord. Mm-hmm. And they have all these different ministers that are in charge of you know finance and entertainment and blah, 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 right. Whatever. Our hero is the minister of compliance 
and she's responsible for making sure these other ministers stay in line. Mm. So, oh, you're the minister of finance and you've lost track of the mission of taking over Earth and you started embezzling money. She cuts your head off. Oh, and, and that's okay. like how the book opens, right? <laughs> um, seems like a more complicated Highlander. It kind of, I mean, it kind <laughs> of is. That's actually a pretty good, whatever. Except there can be more than one, right? Um, there can be more than one. There can be more than one. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, it's it's a a wild book. There's a ton of plot in this first issue. I mean, it's but it's huge. I love her character design. I mean, she's definitely she's wearing like a pantsuit. Yeah, but it's also like she's got a cool trench coat and badass like heels. And her sword compacts into like an eight inch thing, Does but it? it's like yeah. a full size samurai sword uh-huh. oh, when she pulls it out. So, um, if you're in the mood for like uh, like a Star Trek sci fi yeah. th- world building process. Um, this is great because it's it's not too like hard sci-fi, um, but it's also not it's got enough of that stuff that it's not just like a political thriller. Yeah. So super fun. Again, you get your money's worth for six bucks. Right so. on. That sounds great. And last one I read was Star Wars Visions Peach Momoko. Um, I was gaga over the Star Wars Visions TV show and the first issue they did with that Ronin character. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was so jazzed that they were bringing back this as a comic series. Um, That's one of my favorite things. Yeah. No words. No words. Yeah. Well, it goes without saying that Peach Momoko's art is Peach Momoko. Everybody yeah. knows what it looks like now. Almost iconic at this point. Yeah. Like it, you can just like identify it from across the room. It's yeah. it's totally gorgeous. Um, as Greg said, it's wordless. There are literally zero words in this book. Um, they give you at the beginning uh, a little like two sentence setup for the story, yeah, and then like a little one sentence blurb for each of the four main characters, and then off to the races. Let it rip. Um, if you're looking for a vi- the visual comic of the year, I mean, kind of by definition, this is like the one, right? Yeah. Well, it's and- like this and Step by Bloody Step. Oh, that was last year. That was last year. Yeah. Uh, but yes, same kind of thing, right? If you can tell a story through visuals alone, you are, by definition, a successful comic book writer, sure. right? So, yeah. like, mission accomplished. Um, I guess there's not really much else to say, but this is worth picking up for the art alone. Um, and they're also doing a sequel. The next issue, Visions, is they're doing another sequel of that Ronin thing. So, oh, cool. Oh, absolutely jazzed that Visions is coming back hard. And I think you can be safe to say you can just be a Peach Momoko fan and enjoy it just the same as any other comic without being like steeped in Star Wars stuff. These are oh, all yeah, kind yeah. of like net new. Yes. Uh, yeah. Good point. I don't know if a lot I just heard the whole thing in front of you and I totally got it. I don't know if <laughs> everyone's familiar exactly with what Visions is, but it's kind of like giving. It's a Netflix TV show with different interpretations in the Star Wars universe. Yeah, yeah. It, and it's incredible. It it is the thing where different individual creators or teams are just kind of let loose. Yeah, with do something v- cool. Don't worry about the canon. Yeah, vague Star Wars stuff. You can use a lightsaber and droids go nuts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it, but if you mention Luke Skywalker, we're gonna have an issue. Well, that's exactly the point, is that it's none of that stuff is involved. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it, yeah, it's absolutely incredible. It's the best version of Star Wars. Right on. So. It's it is very very <laughs> very good. I I akin it to like Love Death and Rockets. Yeah. Like it's just like micro stories told within a mega universe that have an uh I would say like a manga anime influence. Yeah, a lot of them certain certainly do. And it's a, it's just a good good time. Yeah, good stuff. So pick up visions because I want to keep having more of it. And that's all I read. Yep. I read the uh deviant and crushed for or crammed for the Ed Burbaker interview. Okay. Sure. I I am a nervous Nelly when it comes to interviews, so I usually just uh hyperfixate on them and then get super nervous. Oh yeah. Well, yeah, I guess we did we both read um where, where the body was. Where the body was. It's Ed Brubaker's new um and Sean Phillips' new crime series that's coming out. It'll be available December I want to say 16th or it's mid December. Yeah. Uh, you can get the the uh issue so in yeah. your local comic, local comic book shop. Final order cutoff is already done then. It's done. Yeah, but it's yeah. passed. But it's a one shot. Twenty five bucks. You get the whole yeah. story. Yeah. Oh, uh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, it's okay. Another, it's like trade. Cover. It's mm-hmm. a hard cover. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, but I, without phenomenal. spoiling anything, it's great. Mm-hmm. It was super phenomenal. So it's a it's a it's a tapestry of bad decisions. I'll say that. Yeah. Woven into like the the, the filthiest quilt you ever wrap yourself in. But you know, in classic Brubaker fashion, it like it hits that sweet spot of like it's bittersweet and it makes you nostalgic for like a place that mm-hmm. y- that never existed. You've never been there, but but you remember it like you have. Been. You remember it like you have been there. Yeah, exactly. He is he has figured out a way to tap into everyone's consciousness or unconsciousness of like nostalgia and like I think I think everyone thinks they grew up in like uh whatever uh uh Andy Griffith show <laughs> place that was yeah. like everyone thinks that they went fishing with a pole and string and like walked to school with no shoes on and like no one bothered them but like I don't know it's it's an incredible book and and somehow Ed Brubaker still finds ways to redefine his own genre yeah which is kind of incredible. He teased some stuff that he can't talk about of him trying to explore new genres outside of crime and uh, the new war thing. He and he would not, for the life of him, give up what he was doing. But it's pretty exciting to think about him doing other genres besides. So expect the new wartime horror story from Ed Brubaker <laughs> yeah. and Sean yeah. Phillips. Coming. Frankenstein does heroin. Yeah. <laughs> And robs a bank. That's right. What'd you read, Mike? I read a few things, and I'm, um, you know, I'm kind of uh, again, do 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 catch up corner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've got two books that were like kind of similar, uh, conceptually, um, or had like a a, a similar like crux in the plot, um, but I read Zawa by Michael Dialinus, who does the art for Something is Killing the Children. Mm-hmm. And so cool to see him doing double duty. I don't know if I've ever read a book of his specifically. Where um, he does both? Yeah. I haven't either. Or, or how often he does this, if maybe this is his first um, 
is that a boom book box written. book? It is boom box. Okay, yeah. Cool. So that's a. It's it's used towards uh, YA. Yeah, because that was like Lumberjanes, right? Lumberjanes was big... yeah was on there. So this is kind of like future things are bad as most future <laughs> things go. Um, food is scarce and hard to come by. This group of kids breaks into a plant where, like, society at large, the government is, like, making prepackaged food things that you exchange coin for, and then you they kind of decide what you're eating. And there they find a lot of, you know, art and cooking and want to, want to do something different. And then there is this uh, creature or person that's locked up in the depths of this factory and gets released. Is that the Zawa that they refer to? I'm assuming this is Zawa. Okay. Is is that creature slash character. And there's a little bit of background in there where this character has like lived in this place for a very long time and one of the character's parents used to like feed him and help him out and he notices like some similarities in like their cooking during their encounter, even though they're all afraid of him. So he's probably going to seek them out, and then we'll find out that maybe I don't know if Zawa has some powers or there's a reason he's like locked in a trash compactor looking thing. But the real power is friendship, yeah. I think, is what will work. He has the perfect exactly right. palate. <laughs> in in any case, cool comic. Probably skews a little more towards YA stuff, but if I read YA stuff all the time, I really like it. Yeah, totally. and he's fine. I I like YA stuff sometimes because it's just it's straight to the point. It's yeah, <laughs> yeah. well, and it's like I I don't need all of the stuff every time. Yeah, right. Like well, and it's, it's palate also, cleanser. Yeah, it is palate cleansing. Sometimes it's nice to go into a thing and know that just like. There's, I'm not in the headspace yeah. for like rape and murder, and like I don't have to worry about that happening like a third way through the thing I'm Sometimes reading. Sometimes it's fun to be able to identify the villain immediately yeah. in a book. Uh-huh. They're wearing a black coat. Like, ah, that's the fucking bad guy. <laughs> not yes. Any, any more sinister than it appears to be. Yeah. He's eating cockroaches. Okay. And then Distillery's second ever release, Gone, is another book that is. Um, written and illustrated by a singular person, and that is Jock. Um, Jock fans on the podcast? Yeah. All right. I liked his jams. Uh, (laughs) Thank you. Um, That's an old person joke, by the way. Kind of similar to Zawa in that not only one, writer-artist double duty, Mm -hmm. two, you've got some young people who Doing are young people things. Trying to get onto this big like carrier ship to get food. The carrier ship is like a big thing for the government. A lot of people move back and forth in space. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> and they run the uh you know, ins and outs of delivering food, and this is one of their only ways to get food is to sneak onto the ship, sneak off um before it departs. Um they get um, our lead character is a little girl who gets stuck on the ship. Things go haywire when a part of her crew that's come with her that she hasn't met, but be- never met before, ran one of these with, turn out to be terrorists. Mm-hmm. And so I'm shocked. 
they like bomb the ship and she's just like, I was just here for food. The thing takes off. Mm -hmm. Some people die. She ejects some of her people um, in like an escape pod thing, but she has to stay behind. Oh, okay. Um, And she's just like stuck on this ship for like months with all that food. (laughs) And now she's gone. Thank you. Thank you. Now she's... She's gone. At least from home, she's gone. Yeah. Was it good? Yeah. I really liked it. <laughs> well, we didn't we didn't get to that part. Yeah, I want the the Mike D stamp of approval. Got to have it. I think all the distillery stuff is probably going to be good. Really good. It's all like capital G prestige format. Um a little longer so you can really soak it in. Um it was a beautiful book. I was pleased that it was not $10. Yeah. It's so what 6 I think it was 6.99. Totally, I can handle that. Good they deal for they something that listen, big. They finally listened to us. With pretty spot cloth. They must listen to the podcast. All right, and then another large format book, Subgenre. Did anyone read this? No. Subgenre is a Matt Kent book out on Dark Horse with uh, Wilfredo Torres and Bill Crabtree. Um, really cool. I felt like this is a Matt Kent sort of book that we've been waiting for for a minute. Is this Flux House? Uh, I don't know, but it... um, It is, yes. It's his deal, right? Mm -hmm. It's like his his little publisher. Yeah. So you said it's a Matt Kent book that we haven't... We've been wanting for some time. Yes. Um, In what way? It takes a lot of his books that he's written and kind of the theory in bang that there's some like someone is orchestrating Mm. these stories that other people are kind of living in and puts a character at the crux of that who's this detective who hops from like one world to another but doesn't know he's part of a story like almost finds out in a scene and then gets like kicked out of that adventure and into another one so is it like animal man where he's gonna end up meeting matt kent maybe oh hell yeah is he gonna jump into the world of depth we know that um in this comic that bang revolver mind management department h exists hell yes there we go yeah so it's the Grass Ma- Kings. Like there's even some like Lemire books that are like in there. <laughs> so it's the Matt Kent big game. Yeah. Hell yeah. I mean, I'm not mad about it. Yeah. yeah. Dope. So th- it was a really fun read. Cool. Do you have to be familiar with those other tomes to understand this book? I think I'll say no. Okay. But if I could if I could recommend you read one book before getting into this one, it would probably be Bang. The Bible? Oh, Bang. <laughs> it would be the good book. <laughs> okay, Bang. Bang would Got be it. the one to read. Bang, bang. Bang, bang. On the door, baby. <laughs> Love Sick. us a good B-52s reference that <laughs> round out the episode. All right. Well, thanks for joining us for another week, everybody. We'll catch you. Uh, after after Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving, yeah. yeah. Enjoy the Ed Brubaker interview next week. Ta ta. Bye. First Issue Club is edited and produced by Mike DeStacy, Greg Licktig, and Andy Vargas. 
Follow us on social media at First Issue Club. And check out our Patreon for videos, audio, and more at patreon.com slash first issue club.